So again, welcome this morning to our celebration of Easter here at St. Margaret of York. Uh, some of you may not know, this is my first Easter Mass as a Catholic priest. Father Jan said, uh, we think you can handle this, Father Tom, but just in case, we're going to bring in Father Daniel for backup. <clears throat> That's the good news. The bad news is he's younger, more slender, and handsome than you. So thank you, Father, for being here. And we all know where many of us will be tomorrow. After our Easter brunches are finished, our naps are concluded, I'm not talking about Finley Market and the parade and the Reds and the Pirates, although some of us will be there at opening day tomorrow. Nor am I talking about the national championship tomorrow night, Wisconsin and Duke. Sorry about all the UK. I don't see much blue here this morning. So. Now I'm talking about what some of us will be doing this afternoon after the brunches are finished. That's putting the luggage racks on top of the minivans and the SUVs, loading in the chairs, the umbrellas, the coolers, fishing rods, boogie boards, and joining half of Cincinnati in driving down to the southeast with towns with names like Destin and Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach. Spring break, headed to the beach. One who was lucky enough as I was to grow up in the South Jersey on the beach, I remember very well what happens when parents bring their kids to the beach for the first time. I was lucky enough to be a lifeguard on the beach patrol and you'd watch them come down with their kids and they'd be carrying them and they'd put their toe in the water and they would say, now this is the ocean, get used to it. And they'd look and they'd see these huge waves right in front of them. And the kids would do what? They would scream in terror at the size and the force of the wave. And inevitably, they would turn around and face the opposite direction back to the wave. And then they would eventually kneel down and start digging a hole in the sand. And the great Christian and the great psychologist Carl Jung wrote that image of turning away from a supernatural reality and miniaturizing that truth in our own way is how most of us deal with the supernatural dimension of life. We chunk it down, we scale it, we break it down, we reduce it to something that is granular and manageable because we just can't handle the immensity of the wave, can we? And my friends, on this Easter morning, that becomes also an image of Christians facing the immensity and the enormity of resurrection. Sad to say, most of us want to chunk that down too. To put it in manageable proportions for our puny little human minds. And as the great convert to Catholicism, G.K. Chesterton put it, the real objection to Christianity is not hell or sin or death, but rather eternal life. 
We believe, Chesterton said, it's just too good to be true. That we could participate in Christ's resurrection. And so we are faced with that massive historical evidence. The reality, as our first reading had it in the book of Acts, eyewitness accounts of the factual aspect of Jesus' resurrection. But we are left pondering the great question of St. Augustine, why can we not handle the fact that we, too, are destined to a resurrected life, to friendship with God forever? St. Augustine says it's because of our human frailty. It's because we would rather not deal with the consequences of that arc, of that destiny, of that possibility that God has for us. Why? Because it requires that we change our life, doesn't it? That we climb out of those tiny little holes that we dig on the beach rather than embracing the depth of the ocean of God's truth. So few Catholic Christians actually do embrace an intimate, intentional walk with Jesus Christ and his church. The contemporary author Sherry Waddell estimates that as one in ten of us has a personal relationship with Christ and his church. And this morning, it bears asking the question, why not? Why would we not want to accept the reality that God's plan for us is to live with him forever? And Easter is the means to that end. Our human frailty would rather not deal with the immensity of that thought. And so, again, we go granular and put this into merely a religious ritual we're doing today. But this is really countercultural Easter morning. It is the enemy of what the world says as its wisdom, what goes around what comes around. Selfishness, hatred, judgment, circulates endlessly throughout the world. Easter announces a punctuation of that tired old cycle. And the resurrection is an indication of how we are wired to live. The reason that we are who we are. If indeed we bear within ourselves the mark of the maker, the image of God, if we can handle that truth and reality, we believe then that we do in fact have souls and that we should live as if we do have souls that are intended precisely for that relationship, not with the world alone, but with God himself. We are intended, theologically, to participate in the inner life of God, who did not need to create us. Without our permission, he made us. 
and he also gave us the freedom to say no. And his effort to repair the disorder of our spiritual ancestors who did say no to that relationship in the book of Genesis. God devised a way forward for us that began with the incarnation and concludes today with the resurrection. But still, we want to dig our own holes on the beach. We want to put eternal life into categories that we can digest and understand, and thereby we deny the best version of ourselves. Think of what happens when we do chunk down the resurrection. We chunk down the fact that God himself is the source of all our values, all our truth. What would we do without the golden rule, without the Sermon on the Mount, without the prodigal son? These are resurrection predicated facts that allow us to cooperate with God's plan for our future. We live in a world that becomes relativized by us, for us. That world, in the words of John Henry Newman, becomes a fantasy and an illusion of our ego. Without the reality of the resurrection and the destiny that it proposes for us, what would we do with the reality of our brokenness, my friends? of our sins, of our moral failures. Where would we go with them? We try and forget this part of ourselves, don't we? We joke about it, we philosophize about it, but in the darkness and loneliness of those 3 a.m. sleepless nights, you and I, if we are honest with ourselves, are haunted by the fact that we have failed in life, and that we have hurt someone, neglected someone, ignored someone, but we would rather not deal with that, wouldn't we? As the great Christian poet T.S. Eliot said, humankind cannot bear very much reality. But the glory of Easter morning, friends, is that the Lord has renewed our imprinted plan and purpose of our life. He has taken away our sins. And in the church that he gives us, we can hear the loveliest words anyone can ever hear. What C.S. Lewis said are the only words new in all of creation, these words. Your sins are forgiven. That is possible because of Easter resurrection, an objective grace that is not of our own digging. And so, friends, let us remember that Easter is an anchor that we throw into the future and pull ourselves toward it, which is why that is the symbol of hope an anchor. 
that allows us to faith, face the very end of our life, which is our death. Our lives are unfinished songs. There are melodies in each of us that have not been sung. But this morning, the wellspring of joy of living, the ocean depth of happy rest, Easter morning reminds us that death is not the end for those who keep the supernatural hope alive in their hearts. Easter is a reminder that life is changed, not ended at death. And that through this proposal of the church, our own participation and friendship with God forever, we can face the death of our loved ones, of our friends. Because in the words of John's gospel, Jesus, what? He goes before us to prepare a place for us in the Father's home. And so on the shore of this magnificent Easter destiny that is ours, let us remember again the words of St. Augustine. We can never get our minds into the ocean of God's resurrection reality. We can only surface ourselves in it and never get our minds around that reality. And so on this, our triumphant holy day, let us now pray from the heart. Pray for us, Holy Mother of God, now and at the hour of our death and our resurrection.